3: A Harris administration together with Joe Biden. There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking.
4: Harris Biden administration.
3: I am prepared to get rid of the filibuster to pass a Green New Deal. A Harris administration together with Joe Biden. Do you ban plastic straws? I mean, think right. yes.
4: Harris Biden administration.
3: But in, in your plan, eventually everyone would be taken off a private, uh, the private plan that their company currently has. Yes, a Harris administration together with Joe Biden on day one, we're going to repeal that tax bill.
5: Harris Biden administration. And had enough, enough. Oh my goodness, some vicious uh, ads the Trump people have come up with here, or for related packs or whatever. All I know is that uh, Eric Trump just tosses these things around and then grabbing the. Air. That's a particularly. Good and effective ad. They've got a couple. One's just one's just totally dirty pool. But you want to hear that again? So what they've done is spliced together these instances instances of of uh both Biden and Harris talking about the Harris Biden administration and then linking her more radical policy positions to him. Which is smart.
3: A Harris administration together with Joe Biden. There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking.
4: Harris Biden administration.
3: I am prepared. To get rid of the filibuster, to pass a Green New Deal. A Harris <laughs> administration together with Joe Biden. Do you ban plastic straws? I think we should. Yes.
5: Harris Biden administration. By the way, that banning plastic straws, I mean, the fact that she just conjured that up on the stage right then, that does tell you, like we've been saying, that she just wins the room. There are no principles there. Eh, yeah, sure, ban it. Yeah, we can ban that. Yeah. Aaron Burnett, you know, tell me, do you want me to pan it? Does the room want me to pan it? Let me see a show of hands. All right, yeah, we'll pan it.
3: But in, in your plan, eventually, everyone would be taken off a private, uh, the private plan that their company currently has. Yes, a Harris administration <laughs> together with Joe Biden on day one, we're going to repeal that tax bill.
4: Harris Biden administration.
3: And under my plan, there will also be a, a carbon fee.
5: Yay, okay, so that is that is sponsored by... <clears throat> oh, are they mocking her laugh here? <laughs> My goodness, ATR.org, high-tech Joe, so it's some third-party, special interest, super PAC, stormy, um, political, operative. Donald Trump himself also is playing fairly dirty, not surprisingly. But, by the way, Joe Biden has been playing dirty for politics for decades, so... Yeah, you know is it live by the sword here's Trump's latest hit on Biden this is this is um, this is diabolical what he wants to do is tie him to um, tie him to being an anti-vaxxer smart smart it is cynical doesn't improve the world but hey go with it
4: Uh, I'm calling on Biden to stop promoting his anti-vaccine theories because all they're doing is hurting the importance of what we're doing. And I know that if they were in this position, they'd be saying how wonderful it is. Uh, They're recklessly endangering lives. You can't do that. And, uh, again, this is really a case that they're only talking, they just started talking a little bit negatively, and that's only because they know we have it, uh, or we will soon have it. And the answer to that is very soon. Yeah. (laughs)
5: Yeah. I will uh, say that is bad form for the president to say we have it. We don't have it yet. Pfizer is getting – it seems like they're getting close, and they're suggesting they'll have something. They'll know the efficacy of in November. um, But – and so you shouldn't during a pandemic say that you've got a vaccine right now. Maybe it will. Maybe he will, and then I'll have to go back and say, you know what? He had it. But that's uh, irresponsible. In a vaccine, to say that, that said, you play to win the game, and, you know, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, and uh, Trump is trying to win the election. I um, I would have left that one on the table, maybe, that particular, but, you know, this is a pitch battle, and it's uh, ugly. He didn't invent politics, you know, and one of the reasons, a good friend of mine said, one of the reasons he thinks the left hates him so much is because... He's one of them. He plays just as dirty as they do. And I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of truth to that. <clears throat> and it is wise. It's wise for the campaign to put Biden on the side of the anti- anti-vaxxers. If you have kids or you've had kids, certainly in the last 20 years or so, this vaccination thing, um, having at one point been tied to uh, autism, and or at least that was the popular thought i think it was maybe one doctor who 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 had one study but anyway parents i mean 15 20 years ago parents were sure that that was true that some of these vaccines were tied to autism and it's it's horrifying for parents not to to have a child who seems to be developing just fine and then suddenly the in the personality suddenly changes or almost shuts down and becomes smaller and and um i i can't blame you i mean it's I don't know. None of our, i don't think our kids are autistic. I, you would think, <laughs> you would think I would know that. Right? I'm a bad parent. I've told you this, but I am not that bad. None of them are. I'm pretty sure it's—is the it two-year-old? I don't know. No, no, he's not. But um, I don't think he is. But I, I guess you find out when they're two or something. I don't know. But there's a time when your parents to know uh, um, when you don't know. You know, the, the child could still be autistic. And, you know, uh, there's different levels of being autistic in the, on the spectrum that you can be, and some more severe than others. And uh, is there anything else you'd like me to irresponsibly talk about with not much knowledge? I'm happy to. Just send me the topics at the Tom Shattuck on Twitter. You can DM me. So um, as a public health expert as well, I'm, I'm still... I'm still not sure about this mask stuff. I just had my one of my kids making fun of me because my glasses were fogging up because of the mask. Doesn't that mean that hot air from the mask is going into the glasses? And what's it going to look like in winter when when like we're all exhaling steam out of the masks? It certainly makes sense to me that one layer of, of um, fabric between your mouth and the outside would add a level of increased safety. To me, I don't know. But um, these things, we're acting like these things are like the Iron Dome of uh, virus defense. And eh, I'm not feeling that. Speaking of Iron Dome, by the way, in uh, I- the Israel uh, peace deal with the United Arab Emirates and now Bahrain and pretty soon a couple of uh, African countries already and some um, uh, Slavic countries is um, is – really really huge really really huge and it's I mean essentially you've got you've essentially got peace in the Middle East with Iran being a sole bad actor now and that is remarkable and it is incredible just how much the media has been asking us to lay off to lay off or I'm sorry I't be asking us to lay off I'm sorry I was thinking about something else right then my I'll tell you later. It's just incredible how much the media has laid off. This would be a week-long of celebrations. If this were Obama, this would be a coronation of the greatest saint of in the history of politics. And people would never stop talking about it. But it's not. And so this is Trump, and nothing can be assigned to him. No credit for anything can ever be assigned to him because he's Donald Trump and he's a mean bastard. So that is that. So there was no very little coverage of this thing. Kayleigh McEnany um, uh, it was, <laughs> um, was not having it today. Where is this quote? She was not having it today. And then her briefing, at the end of her briefing, as she does so often now, she excoriated the press. And I love this. I love watching it. I get a, a uh, thrill out of it and she let them have it.
2: But what I will weigh into is the Middle East Peel, um, the Middle East peace deal signed yesterday that I did not receive a single question about. That was the first time it's happened in a quarter of a century. If Obama and Biden had achieved this, um, they would, it would look a lot different. Uh, you wouldn't have Chuck Todd saying he's uncomfortable with the deal that brings peace between the United Arab Emirates and Israel and Bahrain. Um, you wouldn't have CBS calling it, quote, a business deal. And you wouldn't have Nancy Pelosi calling it a distraction Uh, maybe it's a distraction from her visits to the hair salon but those were significant agreements first time in a quarter of a century three peace deals in 29 days took 26 years uh, for the prior two peace deals so this uh the nobel peace prize nomination for the president two of them um very well deserved thank
5: you Ooh, vicious on pelosi not nice kaylee not nice I'm going to listen to that part again, I think. time
2: it's happened in a quarter of a century. If Obama and Biden had achieved this, um, they would, it would look a lot different. Uh, you wouldn't have Chuck Todd saying he's uncomfortable with the deal that brings peace between the United Arab Emirates and Israel and Bahrain. Um, you wouldn't have CBS calling it, quote, a business deal. And you wouldn't have Nancy Pelosi calling it a distraction. Uh, maybe it's a distraction from her visits to the hair salon. Oh,
5: that is uh, just wonderful. Just wonderful! Well done, Kaylee. So one thing that the and and I just somebody I forgot I I'm not on Twitter open I kind of have it open I'm I'm lying there but uh, you know who you are you um, messaged me today about Jake Tapper saying that he's still a hack and this and that maybe he is but I think I've noticed an improvement in him. And today they actually picked up on uh, Biden. They actually mentioned out loud. Yeah, and then they I, think, I think Trump uh, Tapper is hedging his bets because they spoke out loud about Trump being all over the place. I'm sorry, Trump. Jesus. Come on, Tom. They spoke, they spoke um, about Biden being all over the place on the mask mandate. He, today, Now he's back in the mask mandate, which means you're breaking the law if you're not wearing your mask, if Biden's elected.
2: Harris called for that mask mandate uh, back in August. They said they wanted a three-month mask mandate that they believed uh, many lives could be saved.
6: Yeah, and then they backed off it, said it was a mask guideline or something like
5: that. Now I guess they're back to a mask mandate. Right. Jessica Dean, right.
2: thank you so and much. And now, right.
0: Thank
6: you
5: so yeah. much. I appreciate it. Here we go. You don't see uh, the Joe Biden treated like that much. That stuff is usually reserved for Donald Trump. That's a little bit of uh, journalism happening right there. Let's celebrate it when it happens, guys. But Biden has been on both sides of this thing. There's a constitutional
4: issue of whether the federal government could issue such a mandate. I don't think constitutionally they could.
5: Okay, so he's slurring there and clearly on uh, speed or something. He says it's a constitutional issue of whether the federal government can issue a mandate. Play it again. Now that you know what it says, there's a constitutional
4: issue whether the federal government could issue such a mandate. I don't think constitutionally they could. So
5: that's back in September. He kind of took it back. So no, no, no mask mandate. But that's- let's
4: institute a mask mandate nationwide, starting immediately.
5: Starting immediately, Jesus! Oh, the presser today is the presser today was so. Um. <laughs> So um, it was just interesting. It's just interesting to see them uh, to work um, to, to see how Biden operates. See, first he he went down the the uh, list of the press, you know, and called them by name. Obviously, the questions were pre-screened. This is becoming something that he just does that the president, the press doesn't talk about much, but really they should. They should be mentioning that because Trump doesn't generally get the same the same deal but Biden doesn't do and this goes to the teleprompter problem he does he's not thinking off his on his feet here but um but he's come down again anyway it, here's the mask mandate part from today so we're back to wearing the mask
2: you've previously called for a mask mandate a national mask mandate if you were elected what steps would you take to put that in place and and how would that work
4: well first of all I found it fascinating the president said "And Biden didn't put in a mask mandate. I don't know how old he is, but you, I'm not the president. He's the president. <laughs> it's like, you
5: know. Okay, Joe, hold it back there, because I believe you said before. Let's
4: institute a mask mandate nationwide, starting immediately. Biden's problems in these cities are inflamed. I'm not the president. He's the president. I would make, I would call all the governors To the White House and say, and because there's a question, I think it can be answered in the positive, a question whether I can mandate over state lines that every single state has to comply. Our legal team thinks I can do that based upon the degree to which there's a crisis in those states and how bad things are for the country. And if we don't do it, what happens?
5: Imagine that process, by the way, in somewhere like Kentucky. When he's making that decision, can you imagine the resounding go to hell that he'll hear?
4: Well, I would make the case. I'd make the case why it's necessary. I'd have the scientists to raid to lay out in detail why. And I would go to every governor, and I'd go to governors related Republican and Democratic governors, and I'd say, we have to have this national mandate. We must do it. And at a minimum, what I would do, I wouldn't walk around saying masks don't matter. Like he said, at your town hall. I think it was last night. I saw the tail end of it. That, well, you know, uh, you know, masks, you know, people don't mask, don't like masks. Matter of fact, it could be worse. And I think, don't hold me to this because they didn't see it. They just saw it reported. And they, yeah, and Stephanopoulos asked Why? And he said, because waiters don't like them. Waiters touch the food and touch the mask. I mean, <laughs> come on.
2: But what would happen if, say, a Republican governor pushed back on you on this? How do you get buy-in when it's become so politicized? Would you sign an executive order?
4: Well, the question is whether I have the legal authority as president to sign an executive order. We think we do, but I, don't, I can't guarantee you that yet.
0: Okay? But if you did, you would?
4: If I did, I would.
5: There you go. So great to know. Great to know we'll be spending the first few months worrying about this as they try to, uh, you know, force complete compliance over something that should not be uniform to all states in all situations. But But that reporter at least asked questions, you know, although it was really one of these uh, how much of a jerk is Trump questions. In the White House press room, it's it's always the just bottom feeding.
1: Yeah,
6: I have two questions. You said that the president was talking about wearing a mask improperly last night, touching it, referring to what Dr. Fauci has said. But he said, quote, there are people that don't think masks are good. That's clearly not what the CDC director thinks since he said today that masks are important, powerful public health tool we have. They could be even
2: more protective against COVID than a vaccine. So have any medical experts told the president that masks aren't good, or is he only citing non-medical experts like he did last night. He's referring to the fact that when used appropriately, um, they can have unintended consequences, much like what Dr. Fauci said. Um, it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is, and oftentimes there are unintended consequences. So the President agrees with Dr. Fauci that uh, mask wearing is good. It's recommended. The President's continually recommended it from this podium, but he was just pointing out some of the unintended consequences if not used appropriately. He didn't say that. He just said there are people who no, think did. Go on. Armor. Do you have his whole exchange? Would you like to read it out? There, I mean, I watched it last night. There was a talked about who
6: don't think masks are good. He didn't, didn't say th- improperly or anything Kate like when that. He, he went, went on in a
2: very Unfortunately, a bunch of you are very keen on doing selective editing of the president's quotes and not referring to the second half directly mm. under that statement. He talked about a waiter touching the mask then touching a plate and that being an unintended effect of wearing a mask. That is an example of a mask not being yeah, used appropriately. Don't think masks are good. And he he, did, he described them. he described the exact scenario in which a mask could have an unintended consequence if not used appropriately. And we can send you the clip. We'll put it up on Twitter no, for you.
6: I it. It's
5: OK. Um, I was just- yeah, no, I watched it's okay well apparently she didn't watch it all or she didn't cite it all i mean this is the this is the caitlin collins is just a very typical example of a clueless um um washington reporter who doesn't really know her role she believes her role or maybe that's that they're telling to do is to just just gotcha the president get the political kill shot you know like olivia nuzzi is another one of these that, that does this stuff and it's um it's too bad because the really good reporters. I mean, there are some. There were some really good reporters out there. A lot of them have, uh, unfortunately, like Jonathan Carl, who used to be great. Unfortunately, got the fever. Two more
2: hogs got the fever.
5: But there used to be, and I'm thinking about the Obama era. You know, I complain about the press treating Obama um, with kid gloves. In by and large, they did. But there were a handful who were good, especially when it came to. Um when it came to some of the bigger issues like Benghazi and uh, the Fast and Furious stuff and, and Jonathan Carl was one and Tapper was good back then. Yeah, I used to love Tapper back then. Major Garrett and then um, sometimes um, Ed Henry, although he was with CNN back then. I mean, that was just a better crew. It was just a, a better crew. Sorry about that, but it was. Let's go back to Caitlin and uh, Kaylee. just wanted to see if there's any
2: medical experts who have said that. Um, on and they, they have, have, and I just read Dr. Fauci's
5: quote. Do you like how the, the the reporter is just slipping this stuff in? Like it's supposed to be some kind of measure to antagonize her?
6: So go ahead. Yes, I've read Dr. Fauci's quote. Um, on the health care plan, the chief of staff said today that there is going to be one unveiled before the election, one that the president has been promising for over a year now, long before then. But today on Capitol Hill, the three top medical experts in this administration said they have no idea of any kind of plan that's being formulated. So, who is it that is working on the health care plan
2: that's going to be introduced before the election? So, here at the White House, um, we have a wide array of people working on it. Um, there have been elements of it that have already come out, like the telemedicine plan, uh, the drug importation EO, the most favored nations were elements of what is an overarching plan. Um, there's more that will be forthcoming. Um, and, in aggregate, um, it, it's going to be a very comprehensive um, strategy.
5: All right. I get you. I don't think there's anything else, couldn't it? <clears throat> but they go back and back and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, <sighs> but I mean, this has been so damaging this the press has been so damaging this stuff. Remember all this stuff two months ago uh that the uh when the um when the Russians were putting up um you know prices on the heads of American troops were bribing paying off the taliban to. Kill U.S. service members? NBC News weekly uh, meekly puts this out today. The commander in the region says a review of intel has not been able to corroborate the evidence of such a program. Never anything. To so something that seemed very va- viable. Two months after top Pentagon officials vowed to get to the bottom of whether the Russian government bribed to ca- Taliban to kill American service members... The commander of the troops in the region um, uh, says a detailed review of all available intelligence has not been able to corroborate the existence of such a program. It just has not been proved to a level of certainty that satisfies me. General Frank McKenzie, commander of U.S. Central Command, told NBC News. McKenzie oversees U.S. troops in Afghanistan. The U.S. continues to hunt for new information on the matter, he said. We continue to look for that as evidence, the general said. I just haven't seen it yet, but it's not a closed issue. Mackenzie's comments, reflecting a consensus view among military leaders, underscores a lack of certainty around a narrative that has been accepted as fact by Democrats and other Trump critics. And you, NBC News, but I appreciate you coming clean now. Um, Wow, geez, this is such an on NBC paragraph. Let me read that again. Mackenzie's comments, reflecting a consensus view among military leaders, Underscores lack of certainty around a narrative that has been accepted as fact by Democrats and other Trump critics, including presidential nominee Joe Biden, who has cited Russian bounties in attacks on President Trump. U.S. intelligence agencies have for years documented Russian financial and military support to the Taliban, but a Russian program to incentivize the killing of American service members would represent a significant escalation. Trump said he did not raise the issue of Russian payments to the Taliban in his most recent meeting with Russian Vladimir Putin, uh, critics have said he should have senior military officials so they don't believe the intelligence is strong enough to act on yada 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 so in other words they've knocked this has been knocked down but hey the damage was done once again you woke up horrified oh my god they're they're paying him off to to kill American troops and and he's not doing anything because he doesn't care and then the thing in um the uh, the thing in um, the Atlantic comes out saying Trump uh, hates the troops, doesn't care things are all stupid, and there's the campaign to knock his support. Tough business politics, huh? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not uh, I'm not actually bored, even though I'm going
3: uh,
5: I've always been like that I've always sighed and I've had to tell people that that, that sighing is just a comfortable thing that I do. It's not it's not how, has nothing to do with you. You know, whichever. But, um, I mean, hopefully this unraveling is slowing down. Hopefully it'll come to an end. Hopefully we snap back as a country because enough of the crazy. Uh, um, Wall Street Journal, A.G. Barr, tells prosecutors to consider charging violent protesters with sedition. We like that. The organized terrorists, domestic terrorists targeting state and federal buildings. Yes, let's go. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Another media news, if you're looking at uh, CBS, CBS, they used a picture of Latinos at a Trump rally in Phoenix, and they stole it and put it on their website and uh, didn't steal it. They just used it in a TV report, and the Chiron says, claimed it was a Biden event. That doesn't just happen. You have to have true believers in there making sure that that kind of stuff happens. Ugh. I don't know. I think it's a good day. I'm enthused by today. I mean, I, I think that we're going to be on the upswing out of this craziness. Oh, an pro poll came out today that showed Trump getting absolutely trounced. I don't think that's going to happen. Not at this point. I don't think that's going to happen. I think right now. I give the slight edge to Trump. I don't think anybody saw the surge in Latino voters for him. And I also think that people are looking at Joe Biden and saying, this guy, one, is not all there, two, he's embracing these wackos in the streets. He's embraced all this progressive politics. And I think that it's the association with Biden with this guy is something that's happening. And I think there are also people who, I was talking to Jerry Callahan today about this. There are people who, who look at this and say, there are people who look at um, this race and say, uh, Jerry asked me, he said, did you, do you know anybody who voted for Trump four years ago and who's not voting for him now? And I really don't know anybody I know that the, the the polls show that that has that is happening the polls show that anyway I mean it doesn't happen until it happens um but I do know people who voted for Trump who say that he's a complete jackass but he's the only guy who can be president right now and I also know people who didn't vote for Trump before and said he's vile in an embarrassment but I'm also voting for him. And those are, like I said, women um, who just say, OK, this guy's the biggest jerk in here, but we need a jerk like this. And I think people also see, like I also said, that Biden, Biden is hiding. You heard Jacqueline Cashman come on and say she's not voting for hiding Biden. For her to even use that like cliche uh, moniker is disappointing, certainly, but, but um, it means that it, people are saying it. And she hangs out. She's under forty, I think. She hangs out with. She's a mama too. She hangs out with like like minded people. I mean, no, I mean not like minded, but people in the same situation that she's in. And I think they just see this, and they say, "We need a we need somebody who's competent enough to run the country, running the country." And if Trump's going to have his the White House be chaotic and crazy and unorthodox and wacky, etc., then they say, um, "Okay, fine." I can live with that now, especially since what we've gone through. We need the economy to roar back to where it was. And Trump was very pro-business and very pro-Wall Street. And that's a good thing. Pro-business is a good thing. And that's small businesses, too, and mostly, really. And then they look and see that Joe Biden is, like, he's being propped up there. He gets help from the media.
4: My list here. Everybody's sitting okay a b c Mary
5: I mean <laughs> you're not supposed to really be reading that out loud your list of who to ask the questions in what order and I mean I've been to event I've been to events where we've done that um but it it's not a good look it's not a good look um so, anyway, I don't know. I just think that that you he's got to look like that he can that he he's got to look like he can operate in the job. And the fact that he can't take questions, he can't take pre-screened questions um is bad. Is bad. And you know, most of the media will do will cover for him. He can't. He can only take pre-screen questions. Jesus, be more scatterbrained, idiot! I'm just seeing here that uh, Megan McCain got in a little tiff with Brian Stelter. Check that out for You have a
2: big show on Sunday. Um, there are some ethical questions that are being thrown around about CNN lately. There's a 2016 audio of your president, Jeff Zucker, offering debate advice to President Trump that was released. Jake Tapper was recently caught trying to allegedly influence a congressional election. Mm-hmm. And I have serious problems with the way Chris Cuomo had a reoccurring primetime um, sort of comic routine with his brother instead of mm. asking about policies that were literally sending my friend Janice Dean's older relatives to die in nursing homes. So. With the criticism of CNN, do you believe that this is acceptable? And don't you think there's enough fair criticism to go all the way around right
1: now in just how news networks are run? Well, first, I think you should write a book. You know, I, I think you've listed uh-huh. off all of these storylines. A lot of them, though, are cherry-picked, you know, coming from these audio tapes that Tucker Carlson's been airing. And I do have a question about this It relates to my book. You know, Michael Cohen says these audio tapes were only held by Trump, the Trump Organization, and the DOJ. So, all of a sudden, they're airing on Fox News. You have to wonder if it's another example of this feedback loop that exists between Trump and Fox. But look, I, I'm not a spokesperson for Fox, for, for CNN or Fox. I, I'm not a spokesperson for CNN. I, you know, it's not for me to comment on these tapes. Here's what I do think is sad, though. I think it's <laughs> sad that private conversations get leaked out, get distorted, and then, you know, they become polarized and weaponized.
5: Holy sh, he didn't just say that. CNN makes its money t- doing that. Private conversations. Oh, Jesus. Leaks. Innuendo. Weaponized. It's freaking CNN's business model.
1: That's the environment we're in, and that's sad. You know, if our text messages or if my phone calls with friends were suddenly taken I out of context and distorted, I-, I feel like that's just... Let me put it this way. I think the Trump age has ruined a lot of friendships. I think... <laughs>
5: It's not Trump doing that. It's you doing that. It's the CNN age.
1: That's really sad. And I hope we can start to rebuild. I hope we can start to rebuild those friendships rather than, you know, all feel like we're at war with each other.
5: Whoa, 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 whoa. It's not the Trump people saying, I'm never talking to you again. It's your side, Stelter, who has lost their frigging minds and has been acting like petulant two-year-olds for four years. Please. It's... Uh, I There's no – with Trump people, I'm a, I have no fear, and I know for a fact that I can bring up politics and speak about Joe Biden without them getting physically upset and hyperventilating. I know a bunch of, of liberals, progressives, who the moment you start talking about Trump, you can see them boiling over. They're getting anxious. They're getting angry. I have people who, we cannot, we just cannot bring up certain things. You're not allowed to bring up Trump whatsoever because you're getting angry. Don't say that this is on uh, both sides thing because it is not. Half the country lost its mind when this election happened and has not recovered and can't deal with it and have not accepted it. They haven't. That's his half.
0: Brian, uh, you write about the struggle between the journalism side.
5: Oh, shut up. I don't know who that is. I apologize for telling you to shut up. Nice hit, though. Uh, Nice hit, though. In local -er news, uh, New Hampshire House Speaker is reprimanding representatives meeting uh, at UNH for for secretly drinking beer during the session. He's really upset. This is Drew Klein uh, tweeting this. Beer cans are found in a trash can near where legislators are meeting. I don't see the problem. I don't see the problem. Legislators are adults, too. I have a few beers. Maybe, it, uh, maybe it'll um, maybe it maybe uh, <coughs> uh, make things more interesting. Maybe it'll make them more productive. I also get crap for not hitting Fox News. And um, I'm sorry. I'm, t- I'm not sorry about anything. Who am I kidding? <coughs> I'm sort of coughing on you right then. Um, but it, I do have problems with Fox news too. I don't, I've, I've never loved, I like Tucker and I, I like Ingram enough. I, Hannity, I mean, they're, they're very Tucker's writing is brilliant. And, and I, and I just, I, I like him generally, um, Hannity I've met personally and he, he was a really nice guy and Ingram, um, I've also met actually, she was very nice. She was very, um, she was very charming, but it was just kind of in passing, um, but they're obviously, you know, they're just partisans. So um, I think Brett Baird does a hell of a job. And I, and I still like Chris Wallace. And yeah, even though you're going to be mad, I like him. He does a good job. I like a tough uh, interview. But it was weird today. Newt Gingrich is on there. And he's on with, I can't remember, um, Harris Faulkner and somebody else. And talking about all of the riots happening, et cetera. And he brings up, apparently what must be a trigger name, because the interview goes south
1: pro-criminal and overwhelmingly elected with
6: george soros's money and they're a major cause of the violence we're seeing because they keep putting the violent criminals back on the street
2: i'm not sure we need to bring you george get the soros last? into
5: this
1: <laughs> i was going to say he you paid, get the last word he paid speaker uh, he, he, he paid for it I mean, why
6: can't
5: we discuss the fact that millions no, of he dollars didn't. he spent, I, I agree with Melissa. George
2: Soros doesn't need to be a part of this conversation.
5: That's the old, uh, the old flack for uh, Trump who just said that.
6: Okay.
2: So it's verboten. All right, we're going
5: to. Awkward. They're all looking at each other.
2: Okay, we're going to move on. Uh,
5: Jesus, what was that? What's going on, Fox News? That was weird. Weird. All right, I want to just switch to something a little bit different here. Right, I hope you're doing well. Do you have a back pain? This is not a bad Jonah Goldberg segue into a uh, ad, by the way. But do you have back pain? I When I lift something heavy, like I just lifted bags of um, soil, I now get back pain. And I'll have back pain all tomorrow. I'll feel that. Man, I feel bad for you people who have back pain, like real bad back pain that's like paralyzing. I have a friend who, like it must have been 20 years ago now, but he threw his back out when he was in his house. And he had to lie in the ground. And he couldn't get to his phone. Back then, we didn't have cell phones. So he couldn't get to his phone that was on the wall. He had to wait and hope that, like, his brother or a family member would come in and see where he was. He waited for like a day. Finally, somebody came in or tried to get in. He's like, Oh, just call the superintendent. To make sure you can get it. I can't. I'm on the ground. She said, That would be terrible. That would be terrible. She's sorry if you do. That's awful. So. You know, thinking about you know politics and influencing people and how to think about stuff. So is politics? You see a voter, and what's the best way to approach the voter? Is it to say? Is it go to, to go to the voter and say? And this is with any kind of influencing, sales. I guess is it would be the same way. Do you go to the voter? and say what is your what's bothering you and and then try to cater you know your ideology based on what the constituency needs what the market needs or do you through your own life experiences and your own education come up with core principles and try to sell them convince the voter that those are the things you need, and it's not a perfectly it's not a perfect comparison because there's a lot more dimensions to politics. But anyway, it, it, thinking about that in, a, in the sales and any kind of persuasion, uh, it brought me onto this little Steve Jobs audio. It's so in 1997. Steve Jobs uh, just got back into this is a Worldwide Developer Conference. He just got back into Apple and just whacked out something called. OpenDoc, and the, you computer people will know, OpenDoc is a multi-platform software component framework, component tree framework, standard created by Apple for compound com documents intended as an alternative to Microsoft's ob- object linking and embedding OLE as part of the AIM alliance between Apple, IBM, and Motorola. I don't know what the hell that means, but anyway, it was this product that Apple had. So Jobs takes over from Apple, the Worldwide Developer Conference. Apparently developers like this, open doc. And and this guy in the audience asks him a question. Jobs is, it, it, it's very interesting. Jobs is, uh, originally he has a little fun with it because he knows the, the question. Well, I'll just let you listen. But I think his answer is just fascinating. Just fascinating. And really helpful and useful. Yes. Mr. Jobs, you're a bright and influential man.
6: Here it comes.
1: <laughs> it's sad and clear that on several counts you've discussed, you don't know what you're talking about. I would like, for example, for you to
6: express in clear terms how, say, Java, in any of its
4: incarnations, addresses the ideas embodied in OpenDoc. And when you're finished with that perhaps Jesus. you could tell us what you personally have been doing for the last seven years
5: oh brutal right here's job is the answer he's taking a sip of water right now uh,
6: you know you can please some of the people some of the time but One of the hardest things when you're trying to affect change is that people like this gentleman are right in some areas. I'm sure that there are some things OpenDoc does, probably even more that I'm not familiar with, that nothing else out there does. And I'm sure that you can make some demos, maybe a small commercial app, that demonstrates those things. The hardest thing is, what? how does that...
5: Sorry, my dogs are brawling in the room. I think it's over now. Can you guys step out? Do you guys mind? Pepper, beat it. Dave, go. 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 Go, Dave. Go, guys. No, no, no! Jesus. they just pulled the freaking computer wire with him. Jesus. <sighs> there you go. If you want a glimpse into my life, you just got it. Hold on. We're still recording. All right, go, di- Pepper. Go, go. It's over, Pepper. It's over. No, Pepper. Go, go, go. The way of open doc. You're open dog. Go. All right. Let me rewind a little bit for Steve Jobs. Jesus. It's those things.
6: I'm sure that you can make some demos, maybe a small commercial app that demonstrates those things. The hardest thing is. How does that fit in to a cohesive, larger vision that's going to allow you to sell um, $8 billion, $10 billion of product a year? And one of the things I've always found is that you've got to start with the customer experience and work backwards to the technology. You can't start with the technology and try to figure out where you're going to try to sell it. And I've made this mistake probably more than anybody else in this room. And I've got the scar tissue to prove it. And I know that it's the case. And as we have tried to come up with a strategy and a vision for Apple, um, it started with what incredible benefits can we give to the customer? Where can we take the customer? Not not starting with, let's sit down with the engineers and and figure out what awesome technology we have
5: and then how are we going to market that. Um, It's like a, a total quote of a visionary, right? Think about where we can take the customers and then work from there back. No wonder why he was such a slave driver with the, with the engineers and things, you know, trying to get into the, the markets, um, you know, the, the most fancy and useful and pleasurable f- flourishes that, that go through their minds, and then working back from there and saying, okay, that's the idea, that's the, that's the goal there, that's the sweet spot, and now you guys execute it.
6: And I think that's the right path to take. Uh, I remember with the LaserWriter, we built the world's first small laser printers. you know, and there was awesome technology in that box. We had the first Canon laser printing, cheap laser printing engine in the world in the United States here at Apple. We had a very wonderful printer controller that we designed. We had Adobe's PostScript software in there. We had AppleTalk in there. Just awesome technology in the box. And I remember seeing the first uh... printout come out of it and just picking it up and looking at it and thinking, you know we can sell this because you don't have to know anything about what's in that box. All we have to do is hold this up and go, do you want this? And if you can remember back to 1984 before laser printers, it was pretty startling to see that. People went, whoa! Yes. And that's that's where Apple's got to get back to. And, you know, I'm sorry that Open Docs a casualty along the way. And I readily admit there are many things in life that I don't have the faintest idea what I'm talking about. So I apologize for that too. But there's a whole lot of people working super, super hard right now at Apple. You know, Avi, John, Garino,
5: Fred, I mean, the whole team. Is All people much richer than us.
6: It's working, burning the midnight oil, trying to, and, and, and people, you know, hundreds of people below them, to execute uh, on some of these things, and they're they're doing their best. And I think that what we need to do, and some mistakes will be made, by the way. Some mistakes will be made along the way. That's good, because at least some decisions are being made along the way. And we'll find the mistakes, we'll fix them. And I think what we need to do is support that team going through this very important stage as they work their butts off. They're all getting calls, being offered three times as much money to go do this, do that, the valley's hot, and none of them are leaving. And I think we need to support them and see them through this and write some damn good applications uh, to support Apple out in the market. That's my own point of view. Mistakes we made, some people will be pissed off, some people will not know what they're talking about, but it's. I think it is so much better than where things were not very long ago. And I think we're going to get there.
5: Wow! Seriously, it's like um, it's it's such an instructive, important thing. Reminds me of Belichick a little bit, just a little more cheery. I like that the decisions are being made. They're going to do some things wrong, but at least decisions are being made to make this stuff come to fruition. It's inspiring inspiring stuff and you know I it gave me a, a glimpse into his leadership that that he'd been burned before by trying to force products onto the consumers and isn't that true I mean he was he was sucking there for a while Apple was was coming out with crap that, that didn't work for a while and I think I think that 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 all these big companies, Eventually get in. Remember the Google Glasses or whatever? You know, they're going to love this. Look, at it's the greatest thing in the world. Where the hell did those go? A lot of things. I used to have a Palm Pilot. Seemed like a good idea? Time? I mean, I was unqualified to use one. I still probably couldn't figure it out. I couldn't. I Plus, you have to learn, like, uh, Sanskrit or something. But... Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Interesting. Tells you about innovation and leadership. And and that, unfortunately, one of the things that you can't get away from in all of these things, and anybody who's done anything really great, and I wish it weren't the case, um, but it is, is at the end of the day, um, there is no replacement for hard work. And that's, you know, one of the main things that Jobs was talking about. And He's right. Mm-hmm. Hey, um. so I'll, I'll give me your feedback, by the way, if you want to, if do you let me know, I should probably just put a poll out, although um, let me know if you want to do, if you would rather watch this and listen to this. I can't imagine that you'd want to watch this. I don't do a whole lot of video presentations, but I could throw a camera up and have a green screen or something, I assume. And maybe it's easy enough to, to throw images um, on the screen. I guess I could feasibly do that. It, it would be easier. You know, I've uh, I've got other things going on, including uh, I'm the senior editor at the Lowell Sun and the Fitchburg Sentinel and Enterprise. And so... Um, but I just want to kind of gauge interest at all. I'm going, you know what? It's my Steve Jobs moment to go to the market to say, what would you like? If you're interested in that, let me know. Either way, I appreciate you um, too. I appreciate you subscribing. And, um, and uh, like the comments, feel free to get in touch on Twitter. I think that's very cool too. I'm sorry that I threw somebody under the bus today. We'll talk about that later. And I've been a uh, – Harmless way, but that was just Twitter fun. You know who you
0: are. Hold up. What was that?